Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven Podcast. On today's episode of Camden Cast, we will be covering Season 7, Episode 8 of 7th Heaven, the title of which is Peer Pressure, or if you are in Germany, the title is A Secret Mission. Our IMDb user synopsis is... While recovering from surgery, Eric decides to spy on the new associate pastor. Ruthie is caught with her boyfriend when she is supposed to be babysitting. Kevin's ex-wife appears. So oh, wow. there's some spoilers right the in there. Yeah. Um, so what was your first impression of this episode? I thought that this was a really boring episode. Like it could not hold my attention. Yes. I think the last maybe... Oh, this episode was actually written by Barry Watson oh. just to... Um, throw that out there. <laughs> not that we're blaming Barry Watson for this. Yeah. Maybe we are. Um, no, we're not. Uh, it, yeah, it didn't hold my attention. There was a lot of focus on the Rev and the Rabbi and Chandler. And I don't feel like we have enough of an introdu- introduction to Chandler to dedicate so much of an episode to him. And you guys already know that we can't really, we don't really like it when there's so much attention on the adults. There was very little Lucy in this episode, which might have been the reason why I wasn't like... What? <laughs> Like, invested. Because Lucy's your favorite character. Because I like to hate her so much, so, like, yeah. I didn't have any reason to pay attention. Um, Ruthie, like, Ruthie was entertaining, and I, bet, I like, think the last, like, a quarter of the episode was pretty good. Uh, with, like, the revelations. But other than that... Yeah. So, we'll get into the cold open now, which begins with, oh, the Rev going downstairs because he hears something going on. And this is kind of not explained, but Yasmin and Rabbi Glass are both in the love den, and I don't... It's like, they're both... They're there without any Camdens. Like, who let them in? Why are they just interacting with each other? So I think it's... Like, they're coming... Like, obviously, Yasmin was there for Ruthie, and the rabbi was there for the Rev. See, I thought it was because they were coming after a... um, It was a Sunday, and they were coming in after a... Um, a church well, time, but then that doesn't make sense because. But we do learn that the rabbi's been covering church for the rev, so I don't know when um, Muslims go to like. Oh yeah, that's I, I couldn't. I, I didn't understand why they were there. I read in like the BTS, the behind the scenes of this episode, that they were trying something different with like how on comedy shows, like the cold open sometimes has nothing to do with. Like the like the actual episode, how it's like a completely different. It's just a joke that they do that they yeah. throw in there, which is I think what they were trying to do. But yeah, it anyway. didn't really work out. Yeah. Anyway, they're having this argument about whether or not the first of all they're in Glen Oak and they're having an argument about whether the Mets or the Yankees are are the better team and the rabbi is fighting for the Mets and Yasmin is pulling for the Yankees and it has nothing to do with anything and then they ask the rev to weigh in on it and he's just relieved that they're not arguing about religion because for a while it, it sounds like they could be because like the rat like oh yasmin is like oh we've been around for so much longer and, and um the rabbi's like, like, yeah, but we have more heart or yeah. something like the spirit or something yeah but it's not about religion it's about sports which uh-huh. i guess is the same thing to a lot of people so, and then they ask the Rev to weigh in, and he does not have an opinion, because like I said, they're in California, and this argument doesn't really have a place I anywhere get it. anyway. I get it a little bit with the rabbi, because obviously we know that they... They're from, from New York, And yeah. then they moved over, but Yasmin is a child, <laughs> so she has no allegiances. She's just a front runner. <laughs> yeah. um, this was in 2002, so we understand why there was even an argument. 
in the first place. Okay, so that's the cold open, um, and we're going to keep it at the rabbi for for now because his storyline revolves around the Rev, and we want to talk about them first. Um, The Rev's still salty about about Chandler being there, and um, for some reason the rabbi, like, thinks it's his fault that the rev's been replaced that he didn't do a good enough job preaching to the flock as he calls them yeah and so they decide that they need to spy on chandler but annie is still being super protective of the rev so she's like you better not get up to anything watch annie's going out to run some errands or something um and uh she's like don't don't go getting into trouble or whatever and the rabbi lies and says that He's going to take the Rev to the park, and they're just going to have, like, a relaxing walk or something in the park. But their secret plan is that they... Capers. Yes. they. Well, I mean, not capers. <laughs> they're on a caper. <laughs> so they go to the church. They're looking around for Chandler. They run into him in the Rev's office. Um, before they... So so the Rev is like, oh, we just wanted to see if you need any help. Chandler is like, actually, yes, if you could read this sermon, I would not mind. I would value your input. So the Rev and the rabbi each take a copy of the sermon, and they go out and they're reading it in the rabbi's car. Um, just a brief note, um, before they leave to go to the church, the rabbi is complaining of some like indigestion he's having or heartburn, um, which kind of comes back. So... They're reading the um, sermon, and I think they believe it's good. Yeah, they do. And they're, they're like, really impressed. And watch, like maybe he's like a crappy public speaker, though. So um, maybe that's what he needs help with. Like, or like he's a really good writer, but hopefully he can't do anything else. But then they learn that he is indeed a really good public speaker because they have um, Chandler. Can perform it. Yeah, and he's like very good. He's very captivating, even though he did not captivate us. I'm sure he would have captivated a captivating audience. Um, a captivated audience? Captivated audience. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, captivated audience. Uh, and at this time, we, like, see that um, the rabbi is having a lot of trouble. He's, like, kind of sl- slinking down in his seat and not in a sexy way. <laughs> and he's just, like, clutching his heart. And then he's suddenly like, you need to take me to the hospital. And this is when the rev and rabbi go outside. Um, they fight about who's going to drive. But the rabbi's like, I can't let you drive because if you have a heart attack, then we're both screwed. They get to the hospital, and the next thing we see is um, the rabbi is wearing his hospital gown. Over his clothes. And then he's wearing his jacket over his hospital gown because he's really cold. Um, There's a joke. There's, like, a really ageist joke in here about how the doctor looks like he's 12 when he's, like, a 36-year-old can't be a physician or something. Yeah. Which is false and uh yeah they don't know what's wrong with him they're gonna keep him overnight um and the rev is stuck in the hospital so he needs to call chandler for help the rabbi oh wait no the rab the rev (laughs) um but the rabbi doesn't want his wife to know so they have to lie uh once chandler and the rev get back to the house the rev's like you need to lie to annie for me because she like i I, whatever i don't know hijinks capers escapades (laughs) Um, but obviously Chandler can't lie because he's just too honest of a man. And Annie figures it all out. And he's like, why doesn't, um, the rabbi want Rosiana, Rosiana, right? Rosiana? Rosina. Rosina. Why can't I say her name ever? I don't know. Well, it's not like a common name. It's 
Yes, but that's it's like a mix of two Ros- names. Rosina. Rosina. Yeah. Rosina. Um, Rosina. You're saying? Rosina. <laughs> okay. Anyway, his wife to know that he's in the hospital and that he's gonna like he wants to lie and say he's sleeping over. At the <laughs> the camp, they're just having a sleepover at the Cam Casa. So yeah. Um, and Annie kind of ends this with like, "Where did you like? What? Who are you? What? Like, why are you doing this?" And all I have to say is that he's very much acting like his daughter Lucy acts when he like spies and is jealous and all this. But stuff. he was the original spire. Yeah, he was the original spire. Um. So yeah, that's where we're at. Spy, I guess. Spire. <laughs> yes. Spy. A person who spies is not a spire. They are a, a spy. A spy. Um, yeah, it's not really a fun storyline. There's nothing really, I don't know, there was just, it took up a lot of the episode, and I didn't care for it. Yeah. And nothing really happened. All, like, we're at exactly where we were, other than the rabbis in the hospital. There might be something wrong with them. So, we... So, we'll move on to, I guess, yeah. the most interesting <laughs> yeah. storyline? Yeah. No, I don't know. I think so. Um, yeah, so... Um, no, it's not really that interesting. <laughs> so Ruthie has Yasmin over. She's talking about getting Yasmin, like, a boyfriend because she's got this kid, Jake, that we've seen in and out in the past few episodes. So, um... But Yasmin is like, I don't want a boyfriend. She basically wants an arranged marriage. She's like, I'm going to meet someone at the mosque, someone who is, like, a good man, who knows my parents, and who already knows me, so... It'll be, like, built on a solid foundation or yeah, something. He, she wants somebody that's safe and that the people, the guys at school are not safe. Um, and they get into a conversation about how uh, Yasmin doesn't want to date unless she's dating to look for a husband. And obviously Ruthie's like, I'm 12. I don't want a husband right now. Uh, this is when Jake calls and he wants to come over because he needs to have a very important conversation with her. Uh, and Yasmin's like, ah, well, I'm outie. And he's like, no, you don't have to go. But Yasmin's like, no, I don't want to be here. And so first, though, before Yasmin's mother can come pick her up or whatever, Ruthie is like, I'm going to put on makeup for when Jake comes over. Um, and I don't know. <laughs> well, she, like, tries to convince Yasmin to also take part in the makeover. And Yasmin's like, uh, look at my face. I don't need to wear makeup. Also, we're 12. <laughs> Same with, like, her hair. She's like, my hair is, my beauty is, like, my privacy, or my privacy is my beauty, and I, it's for my Don't want to share it with everyone, yeah. Yeah. Um, And Ruthie's like, oh, okay, I'm not learning anything from this, though. (laughs) Uh, Next we see of Ruthie is, I don't even know how to describe it. Well, she's dressed up, and... The hair is what made her look like Buffy. That was the thing. I thought a lot of her, like, facial expressions, though, were very, like, Sarah, Sarah Michelle Geller. Like, we've been... We comment a lot about, like, the acting on the show, specifically the child acting. And, and the eyebrows. Yeah, so Mackenzie Rosman's acting technique is a lot of, like... Eyebrows? Yeah, like, a lot in the eyes and, like, the upper face area. And she has a very, um... She speaks in the same tone no matter what. Uh, like, even when she's apologizing or she's being mean or she's being snarky, it's a very, it's the same tone. And I just thought her, like, her acting was a little elevated in this one, but it was, it seemed very much like she was taking pointers from Sarah Michelle Gellar, which is She fine. was, like, pouting, kind of. I don't know. It's like her face, I don't know, her movements, they reminded me of that. Um, or maybe I just really want to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer again. Who I'm knows? just reaching. Um, anyway, so... 
then shortly after the big reveal of, of Ruthie's makeover is done, um, Jake arrives, um, and he asks Ruthie if she wants well, to... Well, Yasmin leaves. Yeah, Yasmin leaves after Jake gets there. Oh, because she doesn't want to be a Muslim prude. <laughs> yes, the, those are her exact words. Um, so Jake is like, oh, Ruthie, do you want to be exclusive? Because the girl who called you a monkey, a monkey lover wants to go out with me, and I don't have an excuse... Um, if we're not exclusive, so let's be exclusive. This conversation is being had by, first of all, 12-year-old. Second of all, what is this logic? Like, you can't just say no? You need an excuse to say no to someone? And also, because Ruthie's like, I'm not seeing any other guys. And she, he, he's like, oh yeah, well, I was, so now I'm not either. <laughs> Additionally, during this period, um, Ruthie and Yasmin are supposed to be babysitting the twins. So Annie gets home, and the twins are sitting on the kitchen floor, and they have, like, a bunch of junk food around them, and it all looks delicious. And oh God, yeah, there's, like, ridges and puddings. <laughs> and Annie is like, what the hell is going on? And we hear some music in the background, and Annie walks into the love den to find Ruthie and Jake slow dancing. Um, it's very... Sexual. Yeah, but, like, I was not comfortable watching it. No. Like, it was, it, it seemed too intimate. Yeah. Which is weird, because, again, they are 12 years old. But whatever. Um, yeah, so they, like, move apart. Jake runs off to go home. And Ruthie is in restriction, which she's really happy about. Uh, she can't be, like, around Jake at all. And Jake's not allowed, like, anywhere near the house. And she's not allowed to entertain people or have friends over or be on the phone, which is be- which is she's grounded. I don't know why they don't just call it that. They just call it restriction. Uh, and Annie like quickly realizes that Ruthie's really excited about being on restriction. I think it's a milestone because she feels very adult or teenager like. So this is I I feel like this is a subtle hint at like where Ruthie's storyline is going. Like she wants to be. More grown bad. Up. Oh my god, yeah. She wants to be bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Uh, that's the end of that. Well, I guess the end of the storyline is that she feels bad. Well, so Annie specifically says, you are not aware of what, like, your that your actions have consequences. And she's really happy about her punishment until she sees that her not taking care of the twins caused the twins to get sick. So she feels like that's her responsibility, so she decides to spend the night in the twins' bedroom and sleep on the floor, using Happy as her pillow. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That's where we're at. Yeah, so finally we have Kevin and Lucy and Roxanne and Simon, uh, an odd <laughs> I know, grouping. Yeah. Um, should we mention Robbie now? Oh, we'll mention Robbie at the end. Oh, yeah. Because I guess we have to... Sadly. Sadly. Part ways with him. Um, so we start with Lucy telling Simon that she's really happy that Simon is doing the ride-along. Yes, Simon is doing a ride-along with Kevin and Roxy for some... School thing? School paper project, whatever. Um, so... I don't know. Lucy is like, what you need to do is spy on them and tell me everything that Roxanne says and pay attention to, like, if she likes board games because people who like board games are family people and if, like, I'm a family person, but she might be a single person. Apparently that you can put 
people in two categories, according to Lucy. They're family people or they're single people. And if they like board games, they're definitely family people, and that means they're okay because that means that she'll eventually marry someone and stop looking at Kevin. But if they're single people, then it's she'll not okay. She'll be single forever. And now, I would like to say that I, myself, am a lover of board games. However, I am not a family person. So... Throwing a wrench in your life, Lucy Camden. You're very much a family person. Fine. Maybe I am a family person. Yeah. Maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe Lucy's right. What about it? (laughs) Let us know if you are a... Family person or a single person. And also if you're a board game lover or not, because then we'll be able to... Put you into boxes. Yes, and we love doing that. Yay. Um, So Simon's like, uh, okay, sis. (laughs) Like, fine. Um, so, at, but before the ride along, because I guess Kevin really knows Lucy a, bit, a lot better than he, we, he lets person. on. Yeah. Cause he's like, you need to like drop hints that you are, have a boyfriend and that you like board games. Because if you say these things, Simon will hear them and then Simon will report back to Lucy. And Roxy's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not lying. I don't actually understand what happens in the following scene during the ride along because... Roxy talks about an ex named Stanley, who we've never heard of before. But Stanley was apparently very jealous of Kevin. And then, Sta- but, and then like, because their relationship was ending, Roxy went on a date with Robbie without telling Stanley. I don't know. Like, I don't, Stanley's not real, Is right? he not real? No, Stanley was never real. Then what was the point of it? The point of that was for her to be like, oh, I'm looking, I'm on the prowl now, like, I, so, to make Simon think that she's gonna go after Kevin. Well, and the other thing she says is that, like, uh, a married man, like, a married, a man who's about to be married is the most likely to cheat because it's his, it's his test yeah. to see if, he, and I, I don't understand any of this. I feel like she got that out a big Cosmo article, so... Mm. 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 Um, this kind of all leads to Simon. Uh, well, so the, during the ride along, um, Kevin keeps on pulling people for speeding tickets, and he pulls over this red car. And once he looks inside, he sees a woman, and he <laughs> knows her because he uses her name. He says Mindy Kinkirk, so and we- she gets out of the hug. <laughs> She gets out of the car, and they share a very long embrace, a very long hug. Um, Yeah, they obviously know each other. The name King Kirk makes it makes it seem like maybe she's it's a cousin or or another sister, sister. who know, or like an aunt, a young aunt. Um, Oh, in real life, this woman is like an entertainment reporter for KTLA, so somebody, somebody who's like important in. The, the local LA area. I wonder if they do War of the Roses. I hate War of the Roses. I bet they do. On KTU. I hate it. Yeah. When I used to do my work commute, that would be on, like, on the way home. And I... Mm, I hate that. That and Z100's, like, morning... Pr- and, anyway, sorry. Any, morning shows generally. Yeah. Ugh, okay. Okay. So, why are radio shows still in... Um, anyway, so... Um, anyway... <laughs> We should have a radio show. We should. We have sort a of do. <laughs> um, we. So, uh, Simon and um, what's her name, Roxy, see this embrace happen, and they're obviously curious. But Kevin is very much all. It's none of your business. I don't have to tell you anything. Uh, when he gets home, he runs into the Rev, and he's like, I need to run something by you before I talk to Lucy. We do not see this conversation happen, but obviously the result is that Kevin needs to tell Lucy something. 
And this is when we get a bombshell, something that I did not know was happening, but you remembered. I, re- I remembered it in the moment. So apparently the woman that uh, he ran into, who's Mindy Kinkirk, uh, is actually his ex-wife. Which I just want to say, I've lost my mind at this point, because um, he is from Buffalo, and he went to school, in, like high school, and so we learned that right after high school... Um, Mindy, who was his girlfriend, thought she was pregnant, so he married her. Um, but six months later, they got divorced because she found out she wasn't pregnant. Maybe that's a thing to do before you get married, just for that reason. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, presumably Mindy Kinkirk would be still be in Buffalo, or like, what are the odds that they would both end up in Glen Oak? Apparently she's in Glen Oak because she actually lives in New Zealand and she had a layover in LAX and decided to take a car up the coast or down the coast. I don't know. I don't know what direction things are. Um, and she rented a car for her layover. Yeah. Uh, she ha- She's married in New Zealand and she has kids. I don't know where she was coming from or going I to. I guess Buffalo, I was thinking, because yeah, you would fly that way. way. Right, Or coming back the other way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so he's divorced and he ran into Mindy. Um, Lucy, at first, has, like, a very subdued reaction, in which she's like, why didn't you tell me before? And I think he says something like, I was afraid you wouldn't love me anymore. And Lucy very, like, I think maturely says, like, I'm always afraid that you don't, like, you won't love me anymore after you find out something about me. So I understand that. But then, uh, when he reveals that he was, like, there, and that, uh, it happened during the day... Lucy does have to get upset because Roxanne got to see her first, which makes no sense. I mean, like, she should have been, uh, anyway. And then that Simon got to see her as well. And that the only reason he's saying anything to her now is because he knew that Simon would say something to her. Um, And then, like, she's, she's like, well, is she pretty? And Kevin's like, I don't think that is important. Like, I don't know, ask Simon. I can't answer that question for you. So she runs off to try to ask Simon about this, but then comes back because I think she's, like, realized that she's having... Wish that she would have to tell the whole family that Kevin's been married before. And she's like, maybe we should keep this between us for now. And Kevin says, well, I already told your father. And he's like, but the good news is, since I've been divorced, I can't get married in the Catholic Church, so um, we won't have that argument the way that Sarah and Matt did. And uh, that's where we leave it, but uh, Lucy's pissed. Now, I agree that she has a reason to be upset that she didn't know about this, uh, didn't know this about Kevin, but I think her reason of being upset should be about the, like, past marriage and that she wasn't told. Not that Roxanne saw her first, or is she... I don't know. Lucy, I could like you, but I don't. Um, I think we'd like to end this episode with uh, Robbie. So Robbie in this episode is being very secretive. He has like a secret plan of his own and a secret mission of his own. And um, he, like we find out that his secret mission was to go and talk to Chandler and tell him to pack up and get out of town. And this is a mission that was given to him by Matt and Mary. Uh, They still exist out (laughs) in the world. Uh, And they were just looking out for the Rev. And the Rev is really touched by this. And Robbie did this. Um, Unfortunately, this is the last we see of Robbie. Or, like, maybe hear of him? <laughs> yeah, I think we may hear of him later. I don't know. Um, so, Robbie is, uh, as you know, all, everybody knows, he's played by Adam Lavornia. And uh, he has lines in the next episode, but they gave the lines to somebody else in, like, editing or whatever. So he's gone. And um, I don't know what the explanation is they give on the show. 
or if they give one. But in real life, uh, he left because what we're getting from interviews and research that we've done, and if you have information, feel free to let us know, um, was that he moved to California at a very young age to pursue this acting thing and then got pretty overwhelmed by it, by the nightlife and the partying and stuff, and realized that he was going down a really wrong path if he continued with, like, drugs and drinking and stuff. So he decided to stop and leave and go back home. Um, so good for him. Yeah, so he went back to the East Coast, and he's been living it up ever since. Um, I think he's had, like, minor roles in Seventh Heaven. Actually, him and Jessica Biel dated in real life, so there's that. Yeah. Um, what would you rate this episode? Um, it was just kind of awful. I'm going to give it a 2.5. I, th- I haven't done this in a really long time, but I'm going to give this, Uh-oh. um, a 1.5. All right. Not so harsh. <laughs> yeah. I th- I think because the last, I, as I said, the last quarter of the episode was okay. Yeah. I think the seventh season is really where they started jumping the shark and not always in a humorous way i just don't care about anything that's happening right now or like things are not getting resolved in any way shape or form right and not in a way that like makes it seem like they're gonna be resolved anytime soon so i don't know um yeah so if you want to check out uh what this episode's all about uh we post on our social media on twitter and instagram our um, handle is at can show facebook or facebook.com slash camdencast you can listen to us anytime you like but new episodes are out twice a week on wednesdays and saturdays on the apple itunes podcast app on soundcloud.com slash camdencast and on stitcher where you can search camdencast and we'll be there i'm tanby i'm erin this is camdencast <laughs>